Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, June 23rd, and we start, as always, with local news. The city of Spring Hill, after numerous meetings, changes, and amendments, have adopted its latest 2023-2024 fiscal year budget. The budget, which consists of approximately $88.7 million in the city's general fund, went before the Board of Mayor and Aldermen in its final reading last week. Prior to the final vote, the Board of Mayor and Aldermen members issued requests for several additional amendments for various funding needs and projects. This year's budget also included no changes to the city's property tax rate. Of all the projects budgeted to receive funding this year, 80% of operating costs are being designated to street and road projects, public safety, and utilities. This includes projects such as the ongoing Buckner Lane-Buckner Road widenings in conjunction with a new I-65 interchange, construction of a new Spring Hill Police Headquarters, and finding solutions to the city's water capacity concerns. A few of the proposed amendments approved Monday included $10,000 for a Spring Hill Visitor Center, which will come from tourism funds, $40,000 for roof repairs at Historic Ripa Villa, also from tourism funds, $272,500 for bridge improvements at Jim Warren Road, $38,500 for design costs for Port Royal Road widening, $100,000 for professional services for improvements to Kedron Road from Main Street to Saturn Parkway, and $7,600 for a part-time mental health specialist position. One item that was absent from the 2023-24 budget was funding for a new Spring Hill fire station, which was a topic of discussion at previous budget talks. The estimated $11 million project remains a top priority for city leaders, but there wasn't enough revenue in the budget to cover it next fiscal year. In his monthly newsletter, Alderman Matt Fitterer said construction of Fire Station 4 is a priority the Board of Mayor and Aldermen take very seriously, and that while its funding won't appear in this year's budget, there are other efforts being made to ensure the project moves forward. The vast majority of the Board of Mayor and Aldermen clearly supports Fire Station 4 as the most important facility capital project not currently underway. There simply isn't resources to do so without current re- with our current revenue levels, Fitterer stated. However, two things simultaneously occurring should allow the Board of Mayor and Aldermen some room to move forward with Fire Station 4 this year anyways. The Budget and Finance Committee recently met with the city's Municipal Bond Council with the goal of identifying alternative lending or debt instruments that will allow Spring Hill to gain some additional capacities, he wrote. Fitterer added that Fire Station 4 is not the only priority facility project to address the city's growing needs, and that in addition to a new fire hall, there is the ongoing need for a new library, city hall, additional parkland and renovations to Fire Station Number 1. Columbia State Community College recently recognized seven emergency medical technicians and 23 advanced emergency medical technicians upon completion of their programs during the spring 2023 EMS pinning ceremony held in the Webster Athletic Center. These students exemplify excellence in emergency care and are to be commended for the hard work they put into these programs, said Greg Johnson, Columbia State EMS Academy Program Director. Each will become valuable assets as emergency responders in the communities to which they will serve. Columbia State's EMS Academy faculty continue to produce exceptionally qualified clinicians and set the bar for credentialing exam success, he said. 
Spring 2023 EMT completers achieved a 100% first attempt pass rate for the National Registry. Students in the integrated certificate received a 100% first attempt pass rate on the EMT National Registry and an 83% first attempt pass rate on the Advanced EMT Registry. The success rate of these students is phenomenal when compared to the national average first attempt pass rate of 59 to 68% across the same period. An EMT provides basic life support at the site of illnesses and injuries, assisting with transport to the hospital. The advanced EMT provides basic and advanced life support at sites of illnesses and injuries through transport to the hospital. The accelerated AEMT path is an academic-style technical certificate program designed to educate and train students to serve as vital members of a pre-hospital EMS team in a single semester. Students must complete 144 hours of clinical rotations to earn a technical certificate in AAEMT. EMT certificate completers also have the option to pursue the General Technology Associate of Applied Science degree by combining coursework from two certificates with general education courses to complete a personalized degree program. Successfully completing Columbia State's program signifies confidence in the ability to provide exceptional pre-hospital care, said Dr. Kay Fleming, Columbia State Dean of the Health Sciences Division. These new EMTs have bright futures with jobs to choose from and options for career advancement, she said. The program provides students with the necessary didactic and practical training to perform life-saving skills. Additionally, students learn to work alone, as well as in squad-based team environments. For more information about the EMS program, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash EMS or contact Johnson at 931-540-2792. Columbia City Council voted its final reading last week to adopt the city's 2023-24 fiscal year budget, which totaled approximately $80.4 million for all funds. This also includes no new increases in property taxes while also expanding the city's core services and operating reserves. These expansions include implementing a new employee compensation plan, including salary raises citywide to remain competitive in both recruiting and retaining city workers. I am pleased with the recent passage of our next fiscal year budget, a balanced budget that includes no property tax increases, provides basic municipal services in the most professional of ways, and funds short-term and long-term capital projects that will ensure our city continues moving forward in a positive direction, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said. I am also pleased with the focus on our city employees in this budget and will continue to work to find ways to best recruit, retain, and reward one of our city's greatest assets our employees, he said. The Columbia City Council approved a pay increase of 5% for all city employees in May. The raise took effect in June and is part of a 22.5% cumulative increase in employee compensation rates since 2018. The 2023-24 budget also increased by 19.3% compared to last year's $67 million operating budget, with 58% of the total being within the city's general fund. The general fund includes funding for Columbia Police, Columbia Fire and Rescue, Public Works, and Parks and Recreation, all of which received a 10.5% increase. That equates to about $4.4 million. Thanks to the hard work of the City Council and the commitment by the City's management team and finance staff, the new fiscal year budget provides citizens with a high level of City services that folks have come to expect, City Manager Tony Massey said. 
The 2023-24 budget also includes funding for several new capital projects and initiatives. Nearly $20.6 million is allocated for the city's fiscal year 2024 through 2028 Capital Improvement Program, or CIP. The five-year CIP totals $99.5 million and includes major multi-year capital projects, including the Fire Station No. 1 renovation, public works storage fuel facility construction, City Hall HVAC replacement, Iron Bridge replacement, Duck River Station upgrade, and Bear Creek Pike pump station replacement. The city received the GFOA's Distinguished Budget Award for fiscal year 2023. The Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation last week announced 131 grants totaling almost $300 million from the state's American Rescue Plan Fund, part of which TDEC is administering in the form of drinking water, wastewater, and stormwater infrastructure grants. Since August, TDEC has awarded and announced $933 million in grant funds through ARP programming. Of the 131 grants announced this week, 29 are collaborative grants and 102 are non-collaborative grants. Collaborative grants involve multiple entities, cities, counties, or water utilities, partnering on projects to work toward a shared purpose. All grants awarded represent 469 individual drinking water, wastewater, and or stormwater infrastructure projects. Murray County will be receiving a collaborative grant of $3.3 million, it was announced. Murray County, in collaboration with the City of Mount Pleasant and the Murray County Water System, will use ARP funds to develop an asset management plan and address critical needs in their drinking water systems. The communities will use the ARP funds to replace 11,000 linear feet of faulty water lines, improve spring sites, and replace meters in order to increase capacity and improve system resiliency. Tennessee received $3.7 billion from the ARP, and the state's Financial Stimulus Accountability Group dedicated $1.35 billion of those funds to TDAC to support water projects in communities throughout Tennessee. Of the $1.35 billion, approximately $1 billion was designated for non-competitive formula-based grants offered to counties and eligible cities to address systems' critical needs. Those include developing asset management plans, addressing significant non-compliance, updating aging infrastructure, mitigating water loss for drinking water systems, and reducing inflow and infiltration for wastewater systems. The grants announced last week are part of the $1 billion non-competitive grant program. The remaining funds, about $269 million, will go to state-initiated projects and competitive grants. As Tennessee continues to experience unprecedented growth, we're prioritizing critical infrastructure investments that will address the needs of Tennesseans and give local communities the resources needed to thrive, Governor Bill Lee said. We look forward to the improvements these projects will bring, and we commend the communities who have gone through the application process, he said. We are grateful to the local applicants, and we anticipate excellent results from these grants, said TDEC Commissioner David Sawyers. This shows that Tennessee recognizes the need for improved water infrastructure, and we are grateful for the leadership of Governor Lee and the General Assembly in seeing that communities get this assistance, he said. American barrel owners Nathan and America Close opened the doors of their new cocktail cafe earlier this year in downtown Columbia, providing an upscale spot for sipping drinks and noshing on small plates with diverse flavors. The couple says the cafe's key purpose is to create a sense of community, embodying its name, where all have a seat at the table. 
The husband-wife team is serving creative cocktails with homemade signature syrups at the new Barn Cafe on Historic 7th Street next to Buff City Soap downtown, offering dishes inspired across cultures, including Spanish, Italian, Hispanic, Southern, and Asian. The renovated long-vacant spawn is attracting customers through its low-lit, cozy atmosphere with upscale modern finishes. America Close said bringing cult- different cultural components together at the cafe w- has, was inspired by her own diverse background and by her name. The meaning of American Barrel, a double entendre, America explained, references oak barrels that hold spirits in America as a melting pot. It's a celebration of the melting pot. You will see that in our food menu and our decor. The idea was to have a seat at the table for everybody and to enjoy each other, said America, who has a degree in education and a background in the service industry. Dishes dishes feature tapas-style plates with fusion influences with recipes devised by America based on her multicultural background. America brought her flair for cooking and mixing drinks, while her husband Nathan brought his woodworking and building skills to renovate the spot. The decor depicts low lighting, dark wood counters reclaimed from the original wood in the building, and wainscoting halfway up the walls, providing a cozy European old world feel with a modern touch. The couple got the idea to expand their existing mobile bar car Americana business, one of the first fully licensed mobile bars in Tennessee, during the pandemic when people felt so separated from one another, ex-Marine Nathan Close explained. Earlier this year, the couple brought their bar car concept to the brick-and-mortar location in Columbia, but still run the bar car operation, reaching a wider audience. Bar Car Americana, all-inclusive bartending service in tandem with a cafe, can be booked anywhere in Tennessee with full access to the American Barrel menu. The couple started Bar Car in 2020, featuring pop-up experience events, Valentine's Day, speakeasy-themed events, and more during the pandemic, which grew in popularity, drawing customers from all over Middle Tennessee. We wanted to build experiences people would remember for years to come, America said. It was COVID. Everybody was separated, and there wasn't a lot of community being built, she said. So, she wanted to build a sense of community in her own town of Columbia. There was a lot of political unrest and racial tensions. It was sad for me to see people who could have been loving one another just fighting so much. I always loved being named America because it was multicultural, multiracial, multilingual, America said. It doesn't mean being perfect. It means being with people who also chose to come to that table. I wanted to bring people together again, she said. Now, with the opening of American Barrel, you don't have to leave Columbia to have a top-notch cocktail and experience, she said, along with tasty dishes. With a Swedish and Native American ethnic background growing up in Arizona, America said the diversity of her heritage has inspired her passion for for connecting cultures and people to build community, as well as a talent for cooking. One of five children with a spirit of determination, America has experimented with all recipes, sometimes cooking dozens of variations inspired by her father's Native American heritage. The menu features the popular bourbon bites or pan-seared kielbasa sausage with a bourbon glaze, albandigas or Mexican meatballs in a smoky chipotle sauce, sirloin strip poached in a garlic and thyme butter sauce, as well as Italian caprese salad and elote Mexican street corn, to name a few. Cocktails include house-infused flavors like orange and lavender and featured classics like the Old Fashioned, Manhattan, and signature cocktails like Mezcal Punch with lime and cranberry and La Fleur with Condiza Orange Blossom Gin, House Lavender Bitters, and Elderflower. 
the Cocktail Cafe, held a ribbon-cutting ceremony last week hosted by Murray Alliance, officially celebrating its opening at 118 West 7th Street in Columbia. We are trying to give our guests the quality experience not just in our drinks, but in our food and our service, Nathan said. Their hours are 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Tuesday through Thursday and 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday. The cafe is closed Sunday and Monday. It's about creating a place where everybody can come. The food and the space is designed to develop community, America said. Parker Martin and his mother, Sandra Wilson Martin, recently visited Murray Regional Medical Center to drop off another round of books for families with babies in the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, or NICU. Sandra delivered Parker in November of 2016, 10 weeks early. Thanks to the excellent care Murray Regional Medical Center's team provided, he is today a healthy and thriving six-year-old. Following his birth, Parker's parents, both educators, launched Parker's Project, which donates books to the NICU to support other NICU parents and honors his caregivers. As an educator, I understand the extreme importance of early childhood literacy, Sandra Wilson Martin said. Reading books to children can help them in unspeakable ways for years to come, hence why we chose to donate books, she said. Since launching in 2017, Parker's Project has donated more than 1,000 books to the NICU. Reflecting on her experience, Sondra recalled the extraordinary care Dr. Nicole Falls and nurses Heather Potts, Christy Brown, and many others gave her in such a vulnerable time. Sondra Martin taking her experience and creating a positive mission with Parker is inspiring to watch, Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore said. Year after year, Parker's project positively impacts the families served by Murray Regional Medical Center's NICU. We are eternally grateful they continue this mission and share their story, he said. Gifts to support Parker's project may be found through the Foundation's NICU fund at www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation. Established in 2006, the Foundation provides support, health care services, and a caring environment for individuals unable to obtain appropriate care. Since its formation, the foundation has provided nearly $3.4 million in programs and services. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Wilma Jean Cooley Stewart, 85, a retired dietary aide for life care and heritage nursing facilities, died Tuesday, June 20th at her residence in Columbia. Graveside services will be conducted on Friday at 11 a.m., at Polk Memorial Gardens with Reverend Jeff Kane officiating. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856. 
people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of cloud and sun today with a high of 84 degrees. Winds will be out of the northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect mostly clear skies and a low of around 60. For your weekend forecast, we'll see plenty of sunshine on Saturday, then clouds rolling in overnight into Sunday. Thunderstorms will end by Sunday afternoon with clouds remaining. Highs for both Saturday and Sunday will be around 90 degrees. Overnight lows will be around 70. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. 
Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. On June 21st, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee invited local law enforcement agencies and schools to apply for nearly $200 million in grant funding to further strengthen security at Tennessee schools. These two grant programs are a result of bipartisan action by Governor Lee and the General Assembly to pass strong school security measures into law during the 2023 legislative session include significant funding to support placing a full-time Armed School Resource Officer, or SRO, at every public school and make physical security improvements to public and non-public schools across Tennessee. Nothing is more important than making sure that Tennessee students and teachers return home from school safely each day said Governor Lee. This year, together with the General Assembly, we made significant investments to secure schools across Tennessee, and we're now inviting local law enforcement agencies and schools to partner with us by applying for these historic funds, he said. Local law enforcement agencies and schools across Tennessee are invited to apply for the following grant programs to further strengthen school safety. The statewide school resource officer grant, the fiscal year 23-24 budget, includes $140 million to place a full-time armed SRO at every Tennessee public school. Local law enforcement agencies are eligible to apply for a statewide school resource officer grant not to exceed $75,000 per year per school for for which, rather, they are responsible for providing SRO services. Applications are being accepted and reviewed by the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security on a rolling basis. Additionally, the fiscal year 23-24 budget dedicates significant one-time funding to strengthen security at Tennessee schools, totaling $40 million for public schools and $14 million for non-public schools. The grant funding, administered through the Tennessee Department of Education, can be used to support a variety of school security efforts, including improved physical security, emergency operations planning, violence prevention programs, conflict resolution, and safety training for staff members. Public school security grant applications must demonstrate a connection between requested funding and the vulnerabilities identified in the school's yearly safety assessment developed by the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Non-public schools must submit an intent to apply through the Tennessee Department of Education by August 4th. Final grant applications are due no later than October 27th. You can learn more about Governor Lee's enhanced school safety legislation and commitment to strengthen security at Tennessee schools each year since 2019 by visiting www.tn.gov forward slash governor. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. There's nothing like cooling off on a hot summer day with a dip in the pool, and that includes the family pup. United Farm and Home Co-op, located at 975 Riverview Lane, will host a pup pool party from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday, inviting all pet parents to bring their little fur buddies with a wet and wi- for a wet and wild good time. The event will feature multiple pup pools, agility training, as well as a few freebie giveaways and other prizes for you and your dog also be sure to share your pup pool party photos on social media using the hashtag ufhc pup pool party that's all for this edition of southern middle tennessee today on wkom wkrm radio i'll be back on monday to update you with the latest news i'm tom price thanks for listening be safe and have a great weekend